So today we are uh, fortunate to have Dr. Thomas Worth as well as Dr. Tsunami with us today to discuss their paper, Hepatic Activation of IKK NF-Kappa-Beta Signaling Induces Liver Fibrosis via Macrophage-Mediated Chronic Inflammation. And just as a way of background, we know that, that uh, hepatic fibrosis is basically characterized by the transformation of quiescent hepatic stellate cells into activated extracellular matrix-producing myofibroblast. How you go about converting these quiescent stellate cells into the activated form has been a matter of some debate as far as what activates that. Certainly, one of the areas under consideration is, is NF-kappa-beta signaling, and that is something that has been looked at in the study in an animal model. And it was interesting, they, the authors looked to understand the effects of NF-kappa-beta activation in the liver by crossing mice carrying a constitutively active IKK2 allele under the control of a tetracycline-regulated promoter with animals expressing uh, the uh, TA under control of the LAP promoter. And interestingly, uh, several important facts uh, came out of this. Probably one of the most important is that certainly NF-kappa-beta can promote hepatic fibrosis. Another interesting fact that came out of this was that it appeared to be via macrophage stimulation or macrophage-mediated chronic inflammation. And I would be interested to hear more your thoughts on, on the important role that macrophages play in stimulating stellate cells to undergo this myofibroblastic change. Now, the idea that uh, macrophages or liver macrophages, kupfer cells, are relevant for activating the quiescent hepatic stellate cells is actually not new. So that was uh, sort of predicted from previous experiments that they do indeed, the macrophages, play an important role. The question that was actually less clear was how the hepatocytes, which are the typical targets of the insults that in the end result in liver fibrosis, how the hepatocytes talk to the macrophages. And what we think the main and novel aspect of our study was that we could show that it is the NF-kappa-B signaling in the hepatocytes that is required to activate the kupfer cells, which then in turn go on to activate the stellate cells to differentiate to myofibroblasts to deposit uh, fibrotic uh, proteins. Correct. That was uh, an important aspect of your study for sure. I, the interesting component of this as well is the fact that um, NF-kappa-beta is actually not necessarily a bad thing, and you show that in Figure 7 of your paper, that uh, if you repress uh, NF-kappa-beta, you actually uh, develop hepatocellular damage and secondary inflammation. Can you comment to uh, your Figure 7 there a little bit more? Well, the Figure 7 tries to put together our data with previously published data. And previously what has been done by actually several groups and described by several authors is that when you eliminate NF-kappa-B signaling either by taking out the regulatory component of the IKK complex, which is called IKK-gamma or NEMO, or by deleting both IKK-1 and IKK-2, then hepatocytes are 
no longer protected from apoptosis and uh, oxidative stress is involved in killing these cells. And in consequence, the liver tries to regenerate the depleted hepatocytes, so you have something like hyperproliferation, which also can result into a fibrogenic response and, as was shown in these models, can even result in hepatocellular carcinoma. So now what we do is essentially exactly the opposite. So we do not remove NF-kappa B signaling, we in turn we activate it and to our surprise, we do see something quite similar, namely that, again, we do get uh, liver fibrosis. However, what we have is a slightly different uh, system. In a way, what we have is liver inflammation driven by the hepatocyte NF-kappa-B activation, which then, as I just discussed, results in macrophage activation and fibrosis. Okay. Do you... Stepping away from this and kind of looking at the bigger picture of uh, fibrosis, certainly in fields like fatty liver disease, where there's a significant component of lipotoxicity and adipocyte-derived dysfunction, where there's pro-inflammatory cytokine by the adipocyte, you know, it's interesting there, the, the stromal vascular fraction of the adipose tissue certainly has macrophages within there as well. Do you think the same, you, do you think you could extrapolate your data from that you've done to adipocytes as well to say maybe that's an additional mechanism for upregulation of hepatic stellate cells? That's indeed very difficult to predict. We have used similar genetic models as the one that I just described or that was described in the paper to activate NF-kappa-B signaling in various cell types and various organs. And the outcome is definitely not the same in these different situations. What we typically see, although not always, what we typically see is that there is an inflammatory response which is driven by the NF-kappa-B activation. However, the consequences then are indeed very much dependent on the cell itself and the neighboring cells with whom the NF-kappa-B activated cells communicate. So it could very well be, but to be honest, I would rather do the experiment, and we have not done the experiment with adipocytes before I go on to draw any conclusions. Sure. Where do you think the next step is for your lab? How can you extend this data that you've worked on and take it to the next step? Well, there are a few issues that we are currently very interested in. One is what happens if we do that in a very chronic, uh, long, ongoing situation? Does fibrosis convert to HCC as we see it in patients? This we need to set up breedings and keep the mice for a much longer time. We have not seen any tumors in the time frame that we have looked at our mice so far. The other issue that is indeed still open, if we first induce fibrosis and then block NF-kappa-B signaling, what we've shown in the paper that we are talking about is that the inflammatory response goes down, but fibrosis is no long, not yet resolved. And we also look at longer time points to see how long it takes after we eliminate the stimulatory signal before we finally come back to a pretty much normal liver again. 
Okay. Well, that that actually is a very important point as far as once you take away the nidus for inflammation, how long does it take to regress fibrosis? And on a clinical level, that's something that, that certainly we face every day. And even designing clinical trials, looking at fibrosis as an endpoint, how long should the study be uh, to show fibrosis improvement? And hopefully we can look to uh, your lab and others down the road to uh, help answer that question. Any final comments uh, from you guys today? No, we are just happy with our study. I think we addressed an important question, uh, helped to contribute to understanding liver fibrosis to some extent, but no, that's it. Well, that sounds great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, and I hope you uh, have a good rest of the day. I know it's kind of late over there, so thanks for your time. Well, thank you for calling, and have a good time, too.